The reason I believe that labels are important in this case is because if we don't talk about them and we don't use the labels, then those labels can continue to be stigmatized, right? Yeah, exactly. If if we think ADHD is a bad word. If you think you should cover up ADHD, then you're making it seem bad. Welcome to Tilled Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today's episode is a special kids POV episode with my 12-year-old child, Asher. Today, we're talking about diagnoses, labels, and stigmas. I know that Asher has strong feelings about all of these topics, and I wanted to share his perspective on things like why he believes kids should know about their diagnoses, and why he's fine for other people to know what's unique about him. I've been wanting to put together this episode for a while now, so I'm happy to be sharing it with you today. I hope you like it. And before we get to the show, for this month, I've decided to take a quick minute at the beginning of every episode to bring attention to an organization doing great work in the world and who is very supportive of Differently Wired Kids. So this week, that organization is the Gifted Homeschoolers Forum. The Gifted Homeschoolers Forum supports, educates, and advocates for gifted and twice exceptional children, their families, and the professionals who serve them as they pursue alternative lifelong educational paths. They emphasize understanding and acceptance of neurodiversity and seek to normalize and celebrate the ways each individual can contribute to the learning environment or the workplace. If you have a gifted or twice exceptional child, definitely check them out, even if you're not homeschooling. They're almost an entirely volunteer-run nonprofit that serves up to a million people on six continents. I'll include links to the Gifted Homeschoolers Forum on the show notes page for this episode too. And now I'll get on with the show. Hey, Asher. Hello. So today, as you know, we are doing a special kids POV episode, and we're doing one, one that you and I have talked about doing for a really long time. Yeah. Because today we're going to talk about labels, diagnoses, and stigmas. Cool. The first time that we learned about what was happening with you or kind of got some clues, you were five years old. And actually, I didn't bring this up before we started recording. I was wondering, do you actually remember going to this place called the Care Clinic and having them meet with you a couple times and ask you a bunch of questions and maybe play games with you? No, not really. Not really. So just jumping in here, I had planned to talk with Asher about the different assessments he'd had over the years because I was curious to get his take on why he thought he was doing those in the first place. But as I asked him if he remembered both the testing he had done when he was five and the spring before he turned nine, he said he didn't really recall that much about it. So just for reference, I'll fill you in. We initially did an assessment with Asher with an OT when he was five, where we learned about his sensory processing issues. We thought that connected all the dots for us, but then at the recommendation of a friend, we did a more formal assessment later that year where he received provisional diagnoses of ADHD and pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified, with the recommendation that we reassess him in three years. Oh, and he'd also done an IQ test that year as well, as it was required for some of the schools we were looking at, and we knew that giftedness was another piece of the puzzle. 
Three years later, a few months before the end of his second grade year, we had him reassessed at the University of Washington's Autism Center, where he received diagnoses of ADHD and autism spectrum disorder, or as they told us, Asperger's. During these three years, he'd also had to be assessed for an IEP and services in school, so it seemed to me that he was constantly being evaluated. I wondered what he was making it mean, but he told me he honestly didn't think much of it at the time, so... I think that's kind of interesting. The year before we moved here, you were eight. Yeah. And you were going to OT. You were going to a social skills class. Remember Wally's Club? Yeah. You were going to see Dr. John. And you were also going to see Julie George at the UW Autism Center. So three or four days a week, you were doing kind of extra things outside of school. Did you ever think, what am I doing all these things for? Or why am I working on all these things? What's this about? I just thought the social skills club was because I didn't have that good social skills. And Did you think that you didn't have good social skills? Well, I kind of presumed so from... From the fact that you were going to a social skills club? Yeah. <laughs> you seemed to like it there, actually. Yeah. You learned how to compliment people and notice what other people were doing. Oh, yeah. It's a very helpful skill. It is. You're a good complimenter. Why, thank you. Let's talk about the different diagnoses. So, as I mentioned in another episode, you kind of clued into the fact that you had ADHD before we even said anything. Do you remember that? Yeah. So, you were reading, or we were reading a book together in bed in one of the characters. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds like me. Yeah, you asked me, do I have ADHD? And I said, yeah, we think so. At the time, you just had a provisional diagnosis, so we weren't sure. Yeah, so if I ran out of provisions, they'd be sure I had ADHD. Right. And so that was something you were kind of aware of. But after, in the spring of 2013, when you were eight, we did kind of a full assessment they had asked us to wait three years from the first assessment, and we did a full assessment at the UW three Autism years. Center. Three Yeah. And that's when we got the diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, which they described to us as Asperger's for you. And do you remember that conversation? Because we, as your parents, we weren't sure, like, when do we tell him? What should we say? And And... They encouraged us to tell you right away that it was time for you to know. Yeah. Do you remember that conversation Again, at all? Again, not that much. It's kind of like what happens with Dutch. I know that I know that, but I don't know how to get at it. What do you mean? When I'm doing Dutch, sometimes it's like, I know this word, but I don't remember. It's like, I know what this word means, but I can't remember what. <clears throat> okay. Hey there, it's me again. Just quickly, perhaps you've noticed this, but lately Asher has been speaking with his version of a British accent. He has several British friends who've influenced him, and he's also told me he's doing it because he's not particularly happy with the outcome of the U.S. presidential election. Anyway, it is what it is, and we're just kind of rolling with it. But if Asher sounds a bit different to you, or perhaps posher as he'd like to think, that's why. Yeah, so your dad and I, as we did with most big announcements or decisions, we told you over frozen yogurt. 
Yay! It was a frozen yogurt place in our old neighborhood. In yeah, Winston. it was like it was like yay! I have Asperger's and frozen yogurt. <laughs> I'm extra lucky. I do remember you took the news really well. It wasn't something you were upset about at all, and you were just like, "Oh, okay." Oh, well, that makes sense. That yeah. explains everything. I do remember you kind of felt almost. I don't know if relief is the word, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was slightly like that because I knew that all these things that everyone else seemed to be good at that I wasn't weren't my fault. Right. So back then, we got a couple of books. We're all big readers in this family, so that was kind of my first thing, is let's get some books about these things. Yeah, books. And one of the books that we got was an, the Asper, in book about Asper Kids, like an Asper Kids oh, guide. Yeah, that was cool. And you read through that f- kind of from cover to cover. Do you remember anything about reading that book? Like, how did you, did you relate to it when you read it? Well, I don't have very, what, what's it called? I don't know, what are you Sorry, trying to say? I don't have ver- a very, very strong autism, Right. Right. It's relatively low. Right, so autism is a spectrum. Exactly, and I'm like... You're at one end of the spectrum, which some people refer to as high-functioning autism. Some people are turned off by that term because it assumes that other people are low-functioning autism, so it's kind of a label that has some weight to it. But yes, we have, in you reading the book, and you read it recently again, I think, you know, just last year... And we discussed that some things, yes, sound like me, and some things actually don't sound like me at all. Exactly. It's like, most people with autism are terrible at making friends, and I'm like, wait, what? I have hundreds (laughs) of friends. You do have a lot of good friends. And the same thing goes with the ADHD. I got you a book on ADHD just this past year, because that's something we've been doing a lot of work around, is... yeah is really figuring out how to support yourself and your ADHD. And that was another book that you're like, eh, this doesn't really feel like me. This does, but that doesn't apply. So it's just kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I got all the good parts, but none of the bad parts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For example, incredible humbleness. (laughs) So I'm curious, how do you feel about other people knowing that you have ADHD and Asperger's. Well, it shouldn't really affect what they think about me. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, oh, so that's what they can't focus as easily. Are it you... shouldn't affect the way they think about me other than the ways that it affects me, just in general. Right. It shouldn't be like, oh, they have Asperger's. We better treat them specially. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you cool with your friends knowing about it? Yeah, I'm fine. Because I think that some kids maybe some kids listening to this episode might be afraid that other kids are going to treat them differently or look at them like they're weird or strange or they might feel embarrassed what we're very fortunate in homeschooling is that we've kind of eliminated everyone's nice in homeschooling yes (laughs) we've eliminated a big factor that can be challenging for kids in school before we move on i'm curious about the idea of giftedness as well, because that is another part of who you are. Is that something that you've been aware of? Or I, I don't know that we ever kind of came out and said, this is what's going on with you. But is that part of how you identify? Well, as I understand it, gifted is when people are 
better than expected school-wise, right? And for them, if you just put them in a regular class with, with regular people, then they will already have done everything. Well, there's also one of the challenging things about for gifted people, which is something I remember one of our very first parent coaches that your dad and I worked with when you were a little, little guy. And she was saying that giftedness is a special need in its own right, because often people who have very high IQs, they may socially or emotionally be developing at a much different pace than they are intellectually. And that disconnect can be really challenging because if you're thinking about things on this level, yet you're emotionally on a completely different level, that can be really tricky. There's also a lot of science that talks about people who have high IQ sometimes have what are called over intensities or over excitabilities and all these other kind of challenges maybe they're super perfectionist maybe they're really oh that's me maybe they're really intense maybe they are super tough on themselves okay that's me too so there are a lot of different pieces of that too so i was just wondering if that's part of how yeah. you kind of see I yourself didn't, i didn't know that yeah it's interesting so today we're talking about labels and stigmas and The reason that I've been wanting to have this conversation with you is because a lot of what we're trying to do through TILT is change the way that people are perceiving difference and different ways of being in the world. And so you and I have had so many conversations over the course of the past seven months as we've lunched TILT and getting feedback from people and learning about how this is really resonating with people. And so you and I have talked a lot about this idea of negative stigmas being associated with different diagnoses. So I wanted to know your thoughts on that. I I just think that's kind of stupid. There's nothing bad, it's just different. I'd like to imagine a world where all the schools are designed for people with ADHD. It's like, why aren't you fidgeting? Start fidgeting right now! (laughs) You must not be paying attention if you aren't fidgeting. It's like, I'm trying. It's just they're not negative at all. They're only negative because people are used to a different way. Mm-hmm. Right? Also, it's kind of just like a fresh perspective. Right? Like, everyone here thinks one way and everyone here thinks a different way. So some some of these people might come up with solutions that the other people might not have thought of and some and the other people might come up with solutions that the first people haven't thought of. It's just the more different ways of thinking you have, the more different things you'll end up thinking. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's like if you think differently, you'll come up with different things. Yeah, I'm thinking of Elon Musk, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone was, everyone was like, oh, no, it's much too much work to put, like, computers on rockets to make them land. We'll just have them smash into the countryside and blow up. And then Elon Musk is like, well... Why don't we just... It's like, well, why don't we just make barges? That way we don't have to land them on land. We can land them anywhere we like. Why do you think that people associate things like ADHD and Asperger's and other neuro differences in a negative light? I have absolutely no idea. Maybe they're afraid of difference. Yeah, maybe... 
We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for limited time at ritual.com tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com tilt for 25% off. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to uplevel our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites, turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60tilt at greenchef.com slash 60tilt. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I always think that if people started being more open to different ways of thinking and being, it would make them feel less grounded in who they are they'd have to kind of question their perspective exactly and why question when you can insult how would you define differently wired i would just say thinking in a different way than most people just kind of by default it's like most people think like this and they have to try hard to think like that but some people think like that and they have to try hard to think like this Mm-hmm. i know that some parents, and I hear from a lot of parents about this very thing, they're concerned about telling their child that he or she has a diagnosis because they're afraid it's going to make them feel more different or feel bad about themselves. What? 
do you think about that? What do you think about the idea of parents not telling their kids I what's going on? I think that's just kind of mean because the kids blame themselves. It's not your fault if you happen to be hyperactive, but if you don't know that, then everyone thinks you're doing it on purpose, kind of. Right? And you blame yourself because, yeah. I just think it would make people feel really insecure and mm-hmm. blame themselves for everything, even though it's not their fault. So you have ADHD. You might think that being hyperactive is your fault. And it's not. But everyone assumes you're doing things on purpose, kind of. And then... With nobody to tell you different, you're going to blame yourself because you got lucky. What do you think about parents who are concerned that their kids might feel that there's something wrong with them if they know that they have this label associated with them? Like, how can they, how can they present it, maybe? That's the question. How, can, how could a parent present it to their child in a way so that they wouldn't feel bad about themselves but would actually feel well I'm I'm not really sure it's a tricky one there's a lot of fear among parents because I will tell you as the parent of a differently wired child I had concerns like what does this mean for Asher's future what does this mean about what's possible for him what does this mean about how society is going to treat him like as a parent We have a lot of concerns because our job is to love and protect our kids and to help them develop and be able to live fulfilled lives, right? And so I understand the need or the desire that a parent might have to protect their child. By letting them think everything they do is their fault when sometimes it's not. I don't know that a parent would see it that way. I know, but... That's how I see it. and You see it as holding back important information. Exactly. It's like, it's like, why isn't this working? Everyone else is doing it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, ha- I set yours to hard mode without telling you. <sighs> I think so. on one hand, some parents are thinking that, well, we'll just get my kid's support and we'll work on these things and maybe... He can outgrow them or she can learn how to compensate for these and therefore everything will turn out fine. Well, you need to know what what you're doing if you want to compensate for something, right? You, You can't just say, oh, well, you're doing, well, you're doing this when you're not supposed to. So let's help you undo that. It's like, no, no, no. Because of this, you end up doing this when most people wouldn't. So... You're not giving any reasons, you're just saying. Yeah. It's just like you need to stop fidgeting. It's like you need to stop fidgeting. Nobody else fidgets. It's not like this. It's like you need to work on not fidgeting as much. Because of your ADHD, you have to work on not fidgeting as much. What do you think about parents who might just say, you, you know, in that example, some kids fidget more than others and that can be really distracting so we're going to work on you not fidgeting without having to mention ADHD as a label would that work I guess so actually I just think it's good to be upfront about these things you can. the reason I 
believe that labels are important in this case is because if we don't talk about them and we don't use the labels, then those labels can continue to be stigmatized, right? Yeah, exactly. If if we think ADHD is a bad word. If you think you should cover up ADHD, then you're making it seem bad. And so that's one of the reasons why we're so open about it. That's one of the reasons why we really connected with David Flink at I.I. Yeah. Because that is a big part of their mission, too, is... In fact, they have those awesome t-shirts, ADHD, proud to be. Um, This is what dyslexia looks like. And I believe, and I think you probably feel the same, that that is really how stigma goes away, is when we stop hiding it and we kind of get things out in the open. Yeah. I know that for many kids listening, you are inspiring to them because of the fact that you fully own who you are and the way that you're wired and I mean, not a lot of normal people do that. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. I'm just saying that I accept who I am. And even a lot of neurotypical people don't do that. Exactly. I would totally agree with you. So we've been very upfront with you always about what's going on. And this is the shift I've seen. You're 12 now. We used to kind of take you to therapy and to but now i'm expressing an interest in it kind of myself that's exactly right i want to make myself an awesome person well we just yeah we used to just say okay we aren't gonna do this and we're gonna do that and we would explain why but we were kind of just doing it and we have made plans for you to go to camp this summer and but we know that it's gonna challenge you in ways that you haven't been challenged before and you express an interest in going back to see Kate, who's someone here that you've exactly, worked with. Exactly, yes. Because, I mean, my current, my only current problem is that I get angry way too easily. Yeah. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? 
You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And because I've been playing a video game that places a high focus on efficiency, I'm really annoyed when people do things in slightly stupid ways. It's like, no, no, no! You have to put the other sleeve on first. Otherwise, you're wasting time. You can put on two sleeves at once with this method. <laughs> no, no! Why aren't you listening? Ah! <laughs> okay, that was probably too much detail for our listeners, but... Uh, yeah. But yeah, you've recognized that this particular camp is going to challenge you in ways that you're going to need some serious skills. And so that's one of the good things about you being uber clear on your strengths and your limitations is that you're going to be able to work on those things. And now you're really motivated, which is exciting for me to see. Do you know how you got to this point of feeling really good and empowered about yourself. You said that a lot of neurotypical people don't even have that sense of confidence. Like, how did you get this way? And like for kids who are listening, who might not be feeling as good about themselves, you have any advice? Well, you really just have to kind of accept who you are. How do you do that? Mm. No, it's like, it's like, okay, well, it's always going to be harder for you to not fidget, right? It's like asking someone who doesn't like fidgeting to fidget with everything. Mm -hmm. As I said in my example of a reverse world. Right. So it's just a matter of accepting this is who I am. You're, You're never really going to not fidget, you just need to say, okay, well, I'm going to s- keep wanting to fidget with things. So why not just embrace it? Exactly. It's like, it's like why do you have to say, oh, well, I, I need to break this habit. And it's like, well, you're not going to break this habit. You can make, it's not a habit. It's like, stop breathing. And it's like, I'm trying, but <gasps> oh, I did it again. It's involuntary. You just need to work around that instead of trying to stop it. Yeah, you need to allow for your benefits and deficits rather than try and work around them and make yourself perfectly average. I like that. Would you change anything about how you're wired if you could? No. Why not? Well, I mean, I would change the name of Asperger's to something more flattering. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> right now it sounds rather naughty. Yeah. But everything else you're good with. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. 
I want to thank you once again for being a guest on the podcast. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And uh, this really important conversation about labels and diagnoses and stigmas, it's one I hope we can keep having. I hope that people listening are inspired by you and your confidence in who you are. And it's really cool for me to see. So thanks for sharing that with us. You're welcome. And thank you for the lovely British accent. Uh, Thank you. I was just going to mention that myself, in fact. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at tiltparenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note from me, a link to that week's podcast episode, and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.tiltparenting.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.